broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Sparta! All your base are belong to us. The balls are inert. And now it begins. Hey everybody, this is Nerds No Basis here on Nerds No Media on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Welcome to the show. Uh, number 51. Myself uh, and Bryn are on the show this week. Because Keen isn't with us, he is watching Picard. So, yeah. welcome. But just had his priorities in order. Yeah, he just, he's just like, guys, I am tapped out. I want to watch this. I'm like, fair enough. Fair enough. Not going to hold that, it against him. Yeah. But that means we can talk about wrestling, Bryn. It does. So. <laughs> we can talk about wrestling. <laughs> and, and Keen just won't be like, what is going on? Yeah, basically. Sense. So yeah, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the Royal Rumble because the Royal Rumble is on Sunday. Yeah. So you know, it's the one time a year that you don't that you're allowed not hate wrestling the yeah. next three three months, and then it becomes a horrible slog that everyone hates. So yeah. we'll talk about that probably after the break. But uh, how are you, Brent? How are you going? I'm doing good, doing good. Um, I've like, I mean, I've watched WWE in flipping ages, so I. I've kind of I've got a very cursory knowledge of what's happening for this Royal Rumble. I'll yeah. definitely be watching it because the Royal Rumble is always good crack. Oh, but, um, like yeah. Um, outside of like, I watched um, the closest thing to like the the I actually watched a clip where it was um, CM Punk and Paige giving predictions on who they think should win the men and women's uh, Royal Rumble. Mm. Um, where Punk was going went like pleasantly left field i would say for his uh uh for his men's royal rumble prediction mm. um where he went for keith lee from nxt and keith lee's class and he like it would be so it, like it would be so cool because he if he did win he could he would be one of those guys because of his size and everything that he would be a believable competitor for brock you know, so if they, if, if I would love to see them go that direction because I do think that would be pretty cool. But if they don't, they don't. You know, I mean, they'll probably do something along the lines of, I guess, Roman. Because, and though, I mean, <laughs> like it, it's like Ro- Like I mean, I I just feel like, like any choice you could go with of like who who would they go with for a WrestleMania contender for Brock and you just go, well, it's Roman or maybe Braun. Mm. And that's like, that's kind of those, th- those to me are like the safe bet picks for it. And like, neither of them personally would make me go, Oh, I have to, I have to actually get it. I'd actually get excited now. Cause I think that, I think they're at the point now where I feel like because Brock is, has steamrolled so much of the main roster, that they might as well do something a bit more left field, like a Keith Lee. Mm. You know, I mean, hey, they could do Alistair Black, which would be awesome, but I wouldn't. 
Um, I wouldn't want. I also wouldn't want to see Alistair get steamrolled. So, apparently, Alistair Black is a massive um, project for Vince. It wouldn't surprise me. And Triple H, like, they really like him. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, what's not to like about Alistair Black? Exactly, like, but it makes sense why the why he's been kind of rehab now for the past couple of months. Yeah, well, since I mean, like, uh, kind of just dropping off the face of the earth. Mm. Well, they had him have a bunch of like really good matches with uh, Buddy Murphy, mm. where like, and I watched the I watched clips from them, and like, I mean, the two like the two of them are talented as hell, but like, I mean, with Alistair, I think because like his influences, both like wrestling, both in terms of wrestling and in terms of some of his extracurriculars, mm. make him such a incredibly nice. unique individual in wrestling yeah like, he carry, carries himself um unlike any other person i've seen maybe since the undertaker yeah but yeah, you, the, the, the 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 i mean the the crossover between the two of them is like the, there is a genuine overlap yeah like like in a good way yeah like in, a, oh. in a good way you know it's like you you buy them automatically you're like this guy yeah is the real deal yeah, but it's also like with like um, with Undertaker when you when you start hearing like oh he's also like a big locker room leader you're like I'm not even surprised and yeah. you, if you heard that about Black too you would not be surprised for sure but I wouldn't be surprised if people respect him so much mm. you know like it's there's just something so like tangibly legitimate about him that's it it's the sense of legitimacy where you're like you know this is more than just a character yeah. this is just him yeah um, but it's like yeah. you know like when like you look at Alistair Black and you go and you instantly go this guy listens to literally every version of metal because <laughs> he likes it yeah and you look at someone like Baron Corbin and you're like he really just wants people to think he's cool <laughs> you know it's, it's like Baron Corbin likes event sevenfold yeah yeah it's like like, that's about as heavy as it gets yeah you know (laughs) i hate ben sevenfold so much (laughs) the worst band ever it's (laughs) i mean it's just one of those things though with him and i am i do the pick that then punk also had like a really bland pick for his um had a really bland pick for the women where he was saying uh, he went for Sasha. Yeah, that's, like, that's not a good pick. It's kind of bland. Paige had, oh, I think she went with Roman for her, for her pick for uh, the know, men's. I do have to say something about Paige, though. You know, you know that like meme of her now where she's like, hi, Paige. Paige, yeah. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like, yeah. She, she looks a hell of a lot better than she did after that, like recently. Oh, but I mean... I'll never forget the first time I saw that, dude. Mm. And I was like, who the... Oh, my God, that's Paige. <laughs> well, look, she, what happened? She was going through a very... That was like a really low point in her life, though. It was. That. That it was. was. A crazy low point. Like It was, yeah. And that's why I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm really glad that yeah. she is, you know, after coming Better, back. Like, yeah. I, like, that's when she was married to Berta Del Rio and having fights in like yeah, it was also around the time when she had to like retire and everything. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's I mean like it was not a good time for it her. It's not a good time for her. Like I really um, wish they didn't like wheel her out. Yeah, for that because it's just like when when you see that 
like clip, while yeah. it is hilarious, it's also horrifying at the same time. Yeah. Because you're like, what happened, Paige? Mm. Like, what's going on? Like, you know? Um, and if she's looking great, so fair yeah. play, you know, it, it's yeah, great absolutely. to see. It really is. Yeah. Like, she looks happy, which is nice. It's the same thing with Punk. Like, he looks. Oh, happy, yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, but then, like, oh, she, her pick for the women's Royal Rumble was solid. Shayna. Oh, yeah, that's a good pick. Like, yeah. yeah I mean, Shayna Baszler has been, like, fire <laughs> since she came to WWE. And, like, but remember the rule, Bryn, that we used to have on the desk? Yeah. Something was fun or interesting. Yeah. WWE it's not going to happen. It can be fun or interesting. Can't be both. But it can't be both simultaneously. No. And, uh, yeah, I mean,. I mean, like from the from the vantage point I have now, I'm not really paying attention, but I'm seeing bits and pieces, and I'm seeing things seem to be getting a little bit more fun and a little bit more interesting mm. there. So, well, one I mean, thing, well, one thing there, Raw in particular. Mm. Um, like I haven't watched Raw in about half a year. Yeah, like recently, about I'd say about a year. Was the last time I watched but the whole show. The Fox, the WDB on Fox YouTube channel recapped Raw three minutes. Oh yeah, and it's really good. So that's how I kind of keep up. <laughs> but um, yeah, you can actually just see even from the heavy, heavily condensed version of the show, you're like, it's actually getting a lot better than it was. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. there's, I mean, there's still some head scratching stuff. Like I saw that, like, so like Seth has a faction now. Hmm. Where it's him and Buddy Murphy and um, Office of Pain AOP, yeah, and they had a tag title match, yeah, and they won. Yeah, it wasn't the tag team Office of Pain who won the tag titles. No, 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 it was the two singles wrestlers who did. And it's like, ah, oh. yeah, but that, but that's what they do, though. It is what they do, but it's just like you know, it's, it's just, like they they can they can they can never really get the logic down pat, can they? <laughs> no, it's it's it, it's just like this time of year before the rumble is when they start doing the weird tag team win title. Yeah, but like remember like, this was like this is when at uh, the same time when um, I know they were feuding and it made a bit more sense in that way. Mm. But you remember Shawn Michaels and John Cena yeah. won the tag belts for some I, reason. Do you, do you remember in 2001 when they broke up the Hardys? And then, yeah, for like two weeks and brought them back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, th- this is when they do that, yeah. They, yeah, no, they just, they just kind of get a bit bored. Yeah. And they're like, and okay. The turmoil has to, has to go through. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to the Rumble. It'll always, it is always fun. Um, even if sometimes <laughs> seeing who wins isn't fun, but... You know, um, but there, I mean, like at the same time, the majority of the time, it is always a fun experience seeing it. Yeah, exactly. Like even the even if the show is poor, mm. the rumble itself, the actual like spectacle of the match, is something that everybody you know can enjoy. Everybody, yeah. even if you're not a wrestling fan, people still enjoy that kind of match itself. There's yeah. only been there's no in recent years. There's been a handful of rumbles that are very, <sighs> very disappointing. Mm. Very disappointing, um, but now it's kind of getting to the point where, well, things you know, are a lot more open. You know, like it's not as clear cut as it used to be on who. Mm. On, like, I mean, but especially because they've elevated NXT from being developmental to being an actual third brand. 
things there's an element of chaos that can come through yeah and i think a lot, i think a lot of AEW success is also directly and yeah. back on there you know it's like yeah. it's like hey let's try stuff it's it's interesting though cuz like i don't know like i know i know a lot of AEW fans try to like really push the idea that like all the stuff they're doing in NXT is because of AEW and i'm like like I'm not saying like I'm not saying that like that they're not doing things because they're not doing counter programming and stuff like that because of AEW, mm. but I definitely also think like yeah, it's just re like I mean it would seem a lot more obvious if NXT hadn't been incredibly popular for years, you know like I mean it, it's to me it's not that shocking that they did get a TV deal for it. Hmm. No, the timing of it is very suspicious, but it, it, like I mean, if it di- if it happened, like if 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 AEW didn't come around and NXT got a TV deal, would anyone be shocked by this? Hmm. Like, so I'm not I'm I'm kind of half in, half out on that idea. Um, like I, I, from what I've seen um, in the kind of play, it's more like it was like they knew. Yeah, sorry, it's like new the whole thing had this thing, but Vince didn't believe it, and mm. then you know because they had to kind of develop and they had to take a chance. Now they're like, right, we we'll take a chance. But a lot of this as well has got to do with what happened in Saudi Arabia when the flight was, yeah, you know, held That's up. That's also true too. And then they just said, look, let's just take a chance, and it happened. And look, how many times in history in general have we just seen here go out and do something, yep. and it just ends up being the best thing ever, yep. and changing the course of whatever it is like you know you can you can pick a genre yeah you can pick a topic and find something that happened in that way yeah but it's like it's it's interesting as well because remember even like i think it was on one of the episodes of uh backstage where one of the first episodes of backstage that uh punk mm. was on right where they were asked like oh you know what were time what was the time that you had to that like things just worked out and he was saying like it was a house show where back when he was ecw champion so this is like about two years into his tur into his run in WWE. Yeah. And there was like freak weather. Um like himself and Chavo made it to the building, but there was only like two or three other groups there. So like um I think it was Fit Finley who was the agent went up to them and said yeah, we're going to need you to go an hour here. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and yeah. like the two of them had to like figure it out. Like they had to figure out how to do an hour. Mm. But I mean, like at the same time, I mean like Chavo and, and Punk aren't exactly like uh, dunces when it comes to putting on, putting on matches of that length. You know, Punk made a name for himself in the Indies doing that. And Chavo's a Guerrero, so the if you think he hasn't had sixty minute matches in your life, you're insane. Hmm. Um, like, so I mean, but it, like stuff like that's like is some of the things that you just don't get to see that often. But like some of the best, like some of the best shows that like WWE have put out have put out in the last like the be- the best uh, the best the best like WrestleMania in the last ten years happened because Punk left. And we, thirty, yeah. yeah. I kind of scuppered all the. Although to be fair, a lot of the matches on on that card that leaked a couple of weeks ago, even yeah, by punk, bad. Yeah, by punk, I, they weren't yeah. bad. 
Like, yeah, to be fair, I, I, I think Gove still I turned out better with him <laughs> because of him leaving, but... I don't have the same... Attach- so, well, no, Triple H lost. Yeah. So... Twice. Yeah, so I was kind of, you know, <laughs> not really... Yeah, but he, he was putting... Like, I mean, again, Triple H, you say he lost, but he was also put, he also put on arguably the best opening match in the history of WrestleMania, which is saying something because the, the, the best opening before that, the, that, like the best like accepted opening before that involved Brett and uh, I think it was Brett and Owen. Owen. Mm. And like, I mean, yeah. like, I mean, that's like, that's like high praise. Like, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, I would have preferred Triple H to win though. Yeah. But you would prefer Triple H to win everything. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah, if, if like, if, like, if, if it was you versus Triple H to win the national lottery, you'd prefer him to win it. <laughs> like, well, does he get a belt? <laughs> you can buy a belt. <laughs> well, then there you go. Then, that, then that's fine. Then it's, it's all about the belts, man. You know, yeah. Like it's uh, it's one of those things. Like I think for the the story that they had, like the story they fell into with Dan with Daniel Bryan, it, it all just kind of came together. Yeah. Like, um, they kept the shield together, which it was a really good idea for them. The amount of money they made off the shield is crazy. Oh, stop. Um, like I mean the way like, I, yeah, I I think the show just turned out really really well, mm. and like I think that's like a testament to like the but again like I mean like like wrestling is like is at its best when it's improvisational this goes yeah. for matches and for storylines like it's well, there it's, has it, to be a level of improv in it well it's, it's a performance you know and it's like mm. i know like some people will be like oh but tv shows and movies and scripted and stuff. Like, yeah. that's a different kind of thing you know i think when it's like you know when you go see a band play yeah and like i personally there's nothing worse for me when i go see a band play and they sound exactly like they do on the cd or worse so I'm like, mm. what's the what's the point? You know, I can just sit at home and listen to the CD. But when they do something extra or they they have a show, you know, that's when I'm really like, this is class, you know. Mm. So that's wrestling kind of has the same kind of thing where you're like you're watching, arguably like when it, I know last week we were going on about how wrestling's the worst thing ever. Mm. It can be, <laughs> but yeah. it can also be the best thing ever when it's done right. Yeah, it's very seldomly done right. But it's, I mean, like, the, the reality is, is that, like, it's, like, when it's done right, it's got, like, the, there's, like, an improvisational feel to it. Exactly, yeah. That, like, and, like, that improvisational feel is how it suspends your disbelief. Yeah. You know? It's, it's that like, kind of, it's that kind of X factor. Yeah. Like, it's not, um, like, you're, like, like, especially with the way that, like, it's not like Japan, where you, mm. like, Japan, where, like, suspending your disbelief is a lot easier because the guys are really hitting each other. <laughs> but, um. Yeah. They're working incredibly stiff. Yeah, like with with the way that it is in WWE, it's just like you're never going to be able to suspend your disbelief realistically. But if if you're going like if you kind of just going like oh if you're just if you get a feeling of going, I have no idea what they're going to be doing next in terms of like going wow he really you know if you're going like wow he really hit his like really hard there mm. and it's just like. Oh, okay. So I guess he's going to try to win the match by getting his leg. It's like, okay, well, he's he's not going to really, you know. And it just if it's just taking you on that kind of a journey, and like, I mean, even to this is the thing that Triple H said in an interview recently. It's like the best matches are the ones that kind of start off slow, 
just draw you in. And then through, through that, they bring they get, get you to have an emotional attachment. Yeah. And, just, like, uh, and I will say one of the best matches of all time for that, mm. um, topically, are actually the two Mick Foley matches back to back. Yeah. WrestleMania 99. Sorry, Raw Rumble 99 and Raw Rumble 2000. Absolutely. Where, where arguably you had that storyline. Now Mick Foley took probably some of the most intense beatings anyone has ever taken on camera yeah. um, in both of those matches. Yeah. But the one with Triple H in particular, it's telling that whole story. Yeah. You know, and it's it's violent and it's all that kind of stuff. But it's it's violence with a purpose. You know, and um, you know, it's just it's it's great this time of year because it allows you to kind of have that experience. Mm. You know. But it's, I think, um, and I, I mean, like, it's going to be interesting to see. And like, I mean, you know, at this point, I would describe myself as being a lapsed fan for WWE, and the world mm. was an opportunity for me to kind of rediscover it. And if I like it, I'll probably start watching again. But who knows? Maybe I won't. Um, like I know for, like, I mean, AEW at the moment, I, I'm really enjoying. Um, I haven't watched the. I've been seeing stuff on Twitter about the cruise, and it just seems like an awesome thing to do. Uh, it does, but like, uh, I don't like the C. <laughs> um, I don't. The letter C or the C? <laughs> no, like like the water. Like I yeah. love swimming and stuff, but I yeah. don't like the C. I just can't. Um, I I'm not nautical. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, man, that wouldn't seem like fun. But like the problem with it is as well. So like, it's the same reason why I don't go to, um, you know, those wrestling things in the woolshed. Oh yeah, because I kind of yeah, hate wrestling. Because I kind of hate wrestling fans. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like it, it. I'm. Well, I have to kind of. I have to preface this. Like when I say it seems like such a cool thing to do, I mean like I think it's a really cool idea to go to a venue. Where like where like go to like a hotel or something mm. that's gonna have like a casino and have wrestling and have uh, and have like a whole slew of different bands play. That idea seems really cool to me. Mm. The idea of it being wrestling fans just turns me right off. <laughs> like I, saw, I saw I saw a good thing on Twitter where it was just like that. You know, I pity the poor city that 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 boat was going to dock in. Because the, the smell is going to be horrific. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I'm like, you know, stereotypes exist for a reason. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, and I can only imagine how bad that smells. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably, and there probably isn't a woman yeah. anywhere near there. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God. What no, I'm sorry. What was that thing that Damien Sandow used to always say the, all the time? The unwashed masses. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, no shade to wrestling fans. Obviously, we're wrestling fans ourselves, but I'm like, yeah. you know, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. It's probably a duck. But it's know? like, I mean, I mean, even in like nerd culture, man, like, I mean, oh, yeah, man. The, like, I, the amount of times I've seen, like, for any tabletop role playing game thing, like, for any tabletop game, or you just see signs up going for the love of God, please wash before. <laughs> like, sure, this happened on uh, in Yukio a couple of a couple of months yeah. ago. They've actually yeah. in- introduced the rule now that if you if you smell bad, you'd be kicked out. And I'm like, yeah. listen, if you can afford to buy an anime figure, yeah, or a bunch of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, you can afford to buy soap, yeah. And it's just like I just don't understand the the. Mm. 
the unwillingness to wash from some people. I'm like, what is going on, man? You know, water's nice. I remember when I was in college, <laughs> there was a guy who was in uh, the in GameSock, right? In uh, UCD, who uh, who just like I can't remember. I remember ta- I remember someone saying it to me before. It's like he just gonna he refuses to wash. And I was just like, what do you mean he refuses to wash? <laughs> so like he just doesn't wash. He doesn't believe in washing. It's like he doesn't believe. Like it's like a. It's like a, it's like an English sketch. Just <laughs> them actively taking part. He doesn't believe in washing. Like, <laughs> it's like, but you know, showers are nice. Yeah, you know, and I just don't. I just like, yeah. It's just like, what are you afraid of? I just don't understand it, you know. But yeah, man, it's just for some reason, you know, wrestling in air culture has a lot of overlap and yeah you know obviously no shade to anyone who's like oh they're talking about me it's like no we're not you know but if, if you think we are yeah probably watch yeah like, um, all, all i'm gonna say is like there's nothing there, there's no shame in taking a shower once <laughs> like, like every day on nerd snow media we endorse showers yeah yeah. You know, um, we're brought to you by our new sponsor, Palm <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we should totally like you know hit those up for sponsorship. But like, hey, we got we got you covered. Yeah. Um, oh, Get, I don't know, know. Shave Club or one of <laughs> <laughs> Dollar Shave Club. Yeah, <laughs> one of those oh, other God. like uh, one of those other podcast sponsors that ever that's everywhere. Yeah, and then yeah. we get and then we get Raid Shadow Legend at one point as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. When we fully sold out, it'll be we fully sold out. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Shadow Legends. Oh man, the the amount of like YouTubers I watch that it's you know are, are sponsored by them, but now yeah. they're allowed to kind of take the piss out of it a little bit. Mm. But um, they're actually a good YouTuber I watch, and he's like, "Here, this is why I, I won't take their sponsorship." I and literally breaks down watched their- a video on that the other day. Oh yeah, it's probably the same video. He's like, "Here's oh, yeah," he's like, "Here's why this is terrible." Yeah. Please stop emailing me. You know, and I was yeah. just like, oh, well, a fair play, you know. But man yourself. Like, <laughs> um, God, yeah. I mean, like, even, like, I've seen people go like, oh, my God, it's, like, console quality graphics. And I'm like, yeah, th- this isn't, like, revolutionary, like, graphics that you're talking about here. Mm. Like, it, you know... Like, don't get me wrong, for a mobile game, it's good graphics, but, like, let's not lose our minds here. But what's crazy is, actually, you know, I haven't I haven't dealt with this stuff since I used to do PC editing for um, mm. GameSmack. And uh, we'd get a bunch of game codes in. Mm. And, like, the it wouldn't happen all the time, but it happened, like, with some of the bigger people. Mm. Not going to name names around this, but it was around the time that a specific game came out and um, it's a game based on something popular uh-huh. um, about people walking to a volcano to get rid of an item of jewelry. Oh, okay. And um, it was, it was a game based in that world and the review criteria was crazy. It was like, you can't talk about the series. You can't talk about the books. You can't talk about the movies. You can't talk about the other games. You can't talk about the lore. You can just talk about the game, and that's about it. Yeah, it's just like that's really weird. So, um, it's yeah, it's, pretty, it's um, shadowy. No, it it was kind of like well, I don't know why they did it, but you know when I when I heard about this raid shadow realm, uh, you know, kind of thing, yeah. and what they'd want in their reviews, it's like yeah, that really doesn't sound a real doesn't sound like 
outside the realm of what they would want because you know I've experienced it. But I don't know, man. It's, it's like that's like pure strange sponsored advertising now. Yeah, you know, but it's <laughs> it's just a bit weird where it's like we've made this game that's set inside a uh, set inside a very famous and very well publicized uh, um, uh, universe. You're not allowed to talk about, about any of it. <laughs> Just this specific thing. Yeah, bizarre, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it was crazy, you know, and um, the like, game itself actually but How do you, talk, quite, how do sorry, you talk about the plot of, of the game I assume you're talking about? <laughs> well, yeah, well, uh, the plot itself was fine. You could just talk yeah. about the plot. But that was it. You couldn't talk about anything else. Talk about the certain setting of the plot, though. <laughs> yeah, you 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 know you just kind of have to really dance around it. It was crazy. That's weird. Yeah. But um. Oh, but no, that's a true story. You know, it's it's crazy. Like there's just been some mad stuff happen that if someone had said that to me, and I hadn't experienced it, I'd be like, "You're lying. Yeah. That's crazy." It's like, no, man, it's it's true. You know, and particularly mm-hmm. working at it at that level. You're just like, Jesus, you know, mm. what's going on? Um, but yeah, so we, we will work on that sponsorship and then we will try get, we eventually we'll work our way to, to raid Shadow Realm or whatever. Yeah, raid um, Shadow Legends. That's a, uh, <laughs> Shadow Realm is better. That's a sequel. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's where it finds Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> actually, you know what? Um, what would be good at it is Yu-Gi-Oh! to release yeah. like a, a special wash and call it Send Your Smells to the Shadow Realm. Oh my god! Right, and then they could buy it when they get their cards. It's like this is do that, right? Oh man, that's amazing! Yeah, I think it's cool. You know, they should do that. You know, you can send my check, Yu Gi Oh. Outstanding. Um, but oh, um, moving away from wrestling. And look, you know, it's great to talk about wrestling, Bryn. Which it's been a while since we've done it. Yeah. Um, but on the time we have left in the 15 minutes or so we have left, um, there, there is a couple of other things that we that have happened this week. So on a dour note, speaking of Monty Python in the sketches, um, yeah. we had some sad news that you want to talk about. Yeah, so um, Terry Jones from Monty Python has unfortunately passed away, mm. and it's horrible. Mm. But... Um, like I mean, I I know for myself. I grew up. I started watching the Flying Circus when I was ten, and was hooked from that point. Mm. The first sketch I remember. The first sketch I remember seeing. The first sketch I remember seeing, viscerally and viscerally loving was the the one with the funniest joke in the world. <laughs> I don't know if you if you saw it or not. No. It, basically, the premise is this guy has written the funny has written the funniest joke in the world and it's so funny that he dies of laughter after he's written it <laughs> and his, his wife <laughs> finds the joke uh-huh. like finds him dead is horrified then looks at the piece of paper that he wrote that he wrote the joke on reads it and dies nice. of laughter. <laughs> and then um it's during wartime and uh and the <laughs> Uh, the Brit and uh, the British Army have decided to weaponize the joke and oh be very serious. They're very careful about it, so no one's allowed. Uh, no one's allowed. Everyone's given one word each to translate into German, and they can't have more than that because they might actually develop some sort of injury from reading the joke. 
So it gets translated back into it gets translated into German, and it's now safe for people to read it without dying. So, uh, so like, there's this sequence where it's a bunch of uh, guys under fire, and they just like take out these pieces of paper and start reading them as they're running down the uh, running down the road away from fire. And there's this amazing shot where they're running under uh, a bunch of trees. And as they're reading the joke out loud, you just see bodies falling out of the trees. (laughs) (laughs) It's absolutely amazing. And yeah, from that point on, Monty Python was my show. So good. That's brilliant. Yeah. I'm going to look that up later. Um, My experience with Monty Python is more from the movies. Yeah. Like, like, I didn't watch... The Flying Circus, I liked... Yeah. But I didn't like at the same time. Yeah, well, the, the, the Flying Circus is like, I love the Flying Circus, but the yeah. Flying Circus is like incredibly hit and miss, even for a sketch show. That's the thing. Like, I love sketch shows. Like, sketch shows are actually my favorite like format. Yeah. But just the way the Flying Circus is edited and put together, it's like, uh, it's yeah. very hit and miss. I, I haven't got the patience for it. But the movies, on the other hand, are spectacular. Oh, totally! Like not not all of them. Like the you know, the history of the world is not great. Yeah. Um. But you know the big ones are just classics. So like um, Holy Grail, Life of Brian, mm-hmm. Meaning of Life. Yeah, they're like those three. Yeah. In of itself, are great. You know. What did you think? And now for something completely different, or did you see it? I did see it. Yeah, it was very. It was like the Flying Circus in a movie but- form. <laughs> It was the Flying Circus in movie form. Yeah. Best of compilation, but they'd reshot a bunch of the. Yeah. Uh, reshot a bunch of the jokes. Yeah, like that's what it was, right? So yeah. it was what it was. Yeah, it was. And good. Even it, then, it's still hit and miss. <laughs> that, yeah, that, exactly. So it's like the most like literal interpretation of what the Flying Circus was. Yeah. In the movie form. So yeah, I liked it, but then I did love it because yeah, it was what it was. Like the my favorite thing though about like those um, films, especially like the the Holy Grail, was mm. like halfway through it, there was on, it was on a tidy budget anyway. And they ran out of money. Yeah. So, like, um, money, like, funds had to be put up by the likes of uh, Led Zeppelin and uh, Pink Floyd. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Jared Harrison as well, I think, fit, yeah. helped, paid for most of uh, Life of Brian as well at the end. Yeah. And like, just like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Life of Brian, there's an amazing, and uh, not the nine o'clock news. A sketch where um, they flip the John Cleese Cardinal debate, right. where it's like this like uh, Newsnight thing from BBC, and you have this Cardinal who's made a film about Jesus Christ, mm. and a devout uh, Python fan who is just like, you're just taking Python in vain. He's like, <laughs> you've got this character called Jesus Christ born in Turkey, and it's ridiculous. JC, it's John Cleese. You're just using the savior's name. <laughs> and it, it's um, absolutely amazing. And like it, the amount of like little jokes and stuff like that that they threw in, like um, asking the Cardinal, so, you know, what, uh, it's like, did you expect such a backlash? And he's like, well, I wasn't expecting the Spanish Inquisition. And like, oh my God. Yeah. And at one point, like the guy who's the, python and it's like it's like but do you not remember how the python suffered for us how it's like how it's like how their jokes just wouldn't land like wouldn't land they died for us frequently <laughs> and it's just like killer so good like, um, that's, like that's the legacy i think of the of monty python it's like yeah. it was so ahead of its time 
and it set the stage for a lot of things that would come later on and be so yeah. Inf- influential. Yeah, I don't like, think that like any other sketch comedy show has ever been given so much rope to be that experimental. Like, well, it was like to be fair, I know I know there were ones before it, but mm-hmm. in a very real sense, it's like the first one. Yeah. Well, you know, the first one of its kind. Like, I mean, exactly, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, I mean, the, I mean, the, there are sketch shows and there are sketch shows. Like, the stuff like, um, like, stuff like Little Britain or the Fast Show, where it's kind of like each episode's like the same kind of jokes each time. Hmm. Um, don't really follow the mold of something like Python, where it's very rare that you'll get callbacks to other jokes from other episodes. Um, well, like, okay, like. Little Britain is just a mean show. Um, you know, it's very spiteful. And, you know, it's more, it's more built on very poor jokes. Yeah. I'd say. But it's weird. Like, another show that brings it up, um, you know, callbacks, believe it or not, is the Amanda show. Yeah. And the Amanda show, I think, is like the most kind of like close parallel, like in our generation's parallel to the Monty Python. Yeah, I, I think Mitch, Mitchell and Webb look is also like a really that's cool comedy show. Yeah, and Tim and Eric's awesome show as well. Yeah, where it's like this crazy mm. absurdist humor mm. that is hit and miss. But yeah. once you get into it, you're kind of like accustomed to it, and that, that's that's the best. Kind of, and also, even Robot Chicken as well. There's yeah, you know, kind of oh no, but I mean, like even when progression you get, of it. Once you get into like the animated the animated sketch show kind of format, like there's so mm. much more scope. But like, but like the Python, uh, Pythons were like the first people to do that as well to have full animated segments. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just, I mean, when you see like it's when you see where all of those guys went. Yeah. After it, it's crazy. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> like you've got like Michael Palin, who's become like, uh, has become like this amazing, um, almost like travel guru kind of person. Mm. And like, I mean, it's just so strange because he—he's—I think he's like had the biggest divorce from where he started. You know, like John Cleese is kind of, you know, I mean, in terms of entertainment, he's kind of been there, done that, because he's done everything. Like he's directed. Yeah, like he's like, John. John Cleese is like the Harrison Ford of Mighty oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's like he—he he kind of. Mm. He outgrew it to such a massive extent where you're just like, fair play. Yeah. And then there's like, I mean, like Eric Idle has had such a legit career, you know, that it can't be rivaled. Like, I mean, Eric's done, I wouldn't say he's done like every, like that he's had like such a, a sprawling career as John Cleese has, but it's like, I mean, you look at it, the laundry list of what he's done and it's like, it's still really impressive, mm. you know? Like to the point where like, you know, and granted, like, no, people aren't going to go, oh, wow, it's so impressive. But the reality is, like, he was in the same film as Orson. He was in Orson Welles' last film. Granted, it was Transformers, but, like, it's still Orson Welles' last film. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't aware of that, actually. Yeah. That was the last film Orson Welles did before he died. No way. Yeah, and Eric Idle played the robot that spoke in television. No way. Yeah, that's Eric Idle. Wow. Yeah. But seriously, for everyone who's uh, listening to this who hasn't seen the animated Transformers film from the 80s, seriously, watch it once 
and then expunge every memory of it from your, your brain and just get the listen to the soundtrack on Spotify because the soundtrack is soundtrack amazing. is whopper. It's soundtrack like, incredible. It's so damn good. It's not even funny. To like, be fair though, like you're going like oh no, our audience are adults, um, so you guys will be able to handle what happens in that movie. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's also it's also worth pointing out. Watch that film and remind yourself as frequently as as is humanly possible that it's a rated universal film. <laughs> <laughs> like the the amount of death and mild swearing in that film is yeah. crazy <laughs> it's the most 1980s like time capsule thing that exists yeah because it's a movie technically for kids that is not for kids yeah at all and it's yeah man the amount of childhoods that round is really spectacular when yeah. you think about it but um yeah okay so an interesting thing that I saw there, I, that I saw there was there's a talk of another Blade Runner movie. Yeah, there's the there's talk of uh, Denis Villeneuve um, has uh, shared an interest in doing a film in the world of Blade Runner. So not necessarily doing like a sequel, but more like a spinoff, mm. which would be interesting. Like I think, I think I I I, I liked Twenty Forty Nine. I didn't like it as much as I liked the original, but that's like understandable. That's taste. That's a taste yeah. thing. But like, to be fair, uh, to be fair uh, sorry. 2049 is like such a style over substance film. I just don't like, I think that like, I think the original one has a lot more substance to what the subject matter is. 2049 is a better movie. As far as it's a better, like uh, I want to preface that Blade Runner is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. But from an actual movie technical standpoint, well, from a like I'm in a cinema watching a movie perspective, yeah. uh, twenty forty nine is a better movie. Oh, it's a lot more watchable. That's yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah, um, but now I agree with you. From a substance, it's very, it's yeah. lacking. But, but I, if they're going to do a sequel to Blade Runner, they did the best they could, really. Oh, totally. I mean, like I couldn't imagine it coming out any any better than twenty forty nine was. Mm. And like, again, it, it's just one of those things where like you know, not being like a film, not being as having as much substance as Blade Runner is not a criticism. It's not, it's not like a, it's not a thing where you go, Oh, that's it's like you, you're not, you don't have as much to say as Blade Runner. Boo, boo, you like it's, you know, it's like saying that, like, um, it's like, it's like saying that like the Hobbit doesn't have as much plot as Lord of the Rings. So it's bad. Like, mm. Like, They're different okay. beasts altogether. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just one of those things where, like, I can't, like, I can't hate a film for not having as much depth as a as a film that has like an insane amount of depth to it. Like, it it just doesn't it just doesn't like stack like mm. for me. But um, yeah, like I I think I would be like again I think Denis I haven't I haven't seen a single from, film from him that I haven't really liked. So if he does want to do another Blade Runner spin-off thing, more power to him. I'm excited as hell to see his version of Dune. Man, I cannot wait for that movie. It's going to be so good. Like I you just know it's going to be good. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm I just get more and more like as time as it gets closer to its release, I'm just like, oh man, this is going to be so damn good. And like uh, you know it's going to be because it's it's not a case of this is a risk, this is a risk. You're like, no, this guy has actually done stuff. Yeah, 
that people like he's shown that like sci-fi films are bread and butter for him well you think of it well his projects aren't just stuff that like anyone could do they're stuff that people would consider impossible yeah like like if you challenging like the like arrival is such a well put together film arrival is one of the best films of all time yeah like arrival so like i oh man i love i love how that film is put together and presented um, and I like, like even prisoners was quite good. Yeah, yeah, really. Like I, again, I haven't seen anything from him that I don't like, so I'm mm. really excited about it. You know, no, I'm excited. I think it's going to be. Um, and also, Dave Bautista's in Dune. Yeah, which is which is pretty funny. Like, I mean, it's, it's funny because like he didn't want to cast Bautista in Blade Runner. No, I no. actually, and no. I actually, I actually forgot he was in Blade Runner there until. Yeah few months ago yeah he was uh he wasn't interested he he wasn't interested in him and for there was something there was a there was a few of the people who were who were working on the production who were really pushing for dave to get cast and they were mm. just, just reconsider and thankfully he did because i mean batista like like it doesn't have a it doesn't have like a big part to play in in 2049 but it's a very memorable bit of the film like and it really sets the tone really really well and like i mean like no one like no one back when batista was looking to start doing acting professionally no one was really like going oh he's gonna be a serious actor and he's really really shown that he has like an immense character acting ability mm. and like that's i mean like that's something that like you know, like it may not make him into like a marquee, bankable star, but there's something to be said for be, like for looking like you sink into the role you're in. And he's uh-huh. able to do that. Like every role that Batista's in, you buy him as being that role. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, and us as wrestling fans, you don't do that. Like it was with the Rock, you don't do that because the Rock's the Rock. Yeah, well, I think I think that's like the the curse of having the amount of charisma the Rock has is that he mm-hmm. never. You will never not see The Rock because of how charismatic he is. Yeah, like uh, personally, I don't mind that. Like, I hate The Rock as a wrestler, but I actually really quite enjoy him as a actor. It's like, I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same thing with like with Will Smith. Like, you know, Will Smith's mm-hmm. so charismatic. You don't see him playing characters. You see him Will Smith in characters. Yeah, you know? that's actually like, a very good way to put it. But with Batista, he does kind of disappear. Yeah. But I think he has great. He, um, I think because like he doesn't, he has a much quieter charisma to him. Mm. He's able to kind of just kind of mold himself, and he he has really, really good physicality for a guy of his size to be able to kind of like change his posture and stuff as effortlessly as he does. It's it is it, it is um it is something that like really makes him. Like the way that he, I can't remember the name of the character he played in 2049, but the way he presented him versus how he presents Drax are worlds apart. Oh yeah, no, no mm-hmm. that is that is so true. You know. That is so true. Yeah. So he, yeah, like, oh man, I can't wait. Can't wait for Dan. So, uh, so speaking. Yeah, no, I can't wait. I'm actually, uh, for the first time, mm. actually reading the book, Dune. Mm. So I'm trying to, you know, properly get into it because I'm familiar with the story. But I actually want to experience it. And I've seen the movie from the eighties, um, the David Lynch movie. So, you know, I'm trying to. to Not get that he passed over Return of the Jedi to make that. 
probably a better, probably would have had more of an impact this way. Yeah, I mean, like, to be honest with you, like, it's I, very, I, I really need to see the David Lynch Star Wars film, <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm happy with what we got. Yeah, no, well, we kind of did because doing it, yeah, know, Star Wars pretty much ripped off doing, so we kind of did. Yeah. Um, see the, did you see the South Park episode that came out this uh, season where no, they which? did Dune? It was no? the, the ladies episode. Oh man, is it good? Oh man, it's like it's it's my favorite. I like I I I have to say this very carefully. I love Dune the film because of how weird and bad it is. Yes, yeah, so do I. So, but because of that, watching that episode of South Park just makes me laugh so like heavily because like basically the plot of it is like um sheila gets uh sheila gets real sheila kyle's mom gets really sick like crazy level sick Mm. and it turns out that she has like this uh bacterial infection and stuff and like the doctor's like okay well we're gonna have to um it's like the only way we're going to be able to get rid of all this bad bacteria because we can't like there's no medication we can give you there's no antibiotics we can give you because that'll just get rid of like all your bacteria good and bad the only way we can get rid of the bad bacteria properly is if uh, we inject some good bacteria into you so we're going to do a fecal transplant oh god <laughs> and like um basically <laughs> basically like um like Sheila then becomes like a completely different person, loses loads of weight. She like can eat different food that she used to be allergic to, all this kind of stuff. Cause her microbiome is like fixed. Hmm. And um like Kyle learning about this. He like he, he started learning about it because he didn't want his friends to rip on him. Because obviously they would. And he starts learning about it and he starts freaking out about the idea that like half the cells in his body aren't his own. They're actually bacteria. And he's just like losing his mind. Meanwhile, like the mothers in South Park are trying to bribe uh, Cartman, Cartman, uh, uh, Cartman, Stan and Kenny to, uh, to steal Sheila's poop. Mm. <laughs> and uh, in order, in, in return, they'll get a Jedi fallen order. <laughs> 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 So like they do this, and then like um, and then like about halfway through the about halfway through the episode, it just just begins with one of the guys going, "Could it be? Does he know too much about the spice, the spice melange?" And it was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> at that point, and from there, it just it just keeps going, and it's brilliant. Sorry, I need to watch this. Yeah, it's like it, it's because I love Dune so much because I love how much of a parody the parody they did of it. To right. me, it's one of the best episodes of South Park they've put out in years. Spectacular! But yeah. I need to watch it. That's yeah. that's just fun. That's fantastic. I need it. The spice, the spice, my lodge. <laughs> On that note, yes, is there anything you'd like to plug before we uh, wrap it up? Um, no, I don't have anything really for to plug up. I will remind people though, we are going to be doing a con, we're going to be doing a panel at a con 
in uh, the middle of February next month. Yep. Or Shurikan. Shurikan. Yes. I, we don't know yet. Hoping it's the 16th. Praying it's the 16th. Yeah. Needed uh, 16th. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, it's going to be at a section of the Star Wars uh, prequels, of Star Wars sequels. Yeah, post-mortem. Post-mortem. Group therapy session. Exactly. So if you're coming along, uh, do, because it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. So yeah, we'll have we'll have uh, a proper announcement when we know ourselves, but at the moment, yeah. we don't know yet. Um, I will say I have a quick plug for Retroflag, the GBI oh. case. So uh, Retroflag make cases for the... For Raspberry Pis. Oh, I've seen these. And I ha- Some of these are really, really cool. Yeah, I actually gave one to Keane mm-hmm. um, for... Uh, it, I gave a Sega Mega Drive one to Keane. I have one um, that I use a lot. But I saw that you can actually get a Game Boy one. Yeah. So what this it's is... really expensive too. It's, it's 70 euro. Yeah, I've I've seen I've seen people have difficulty getting them, so they've had to some have had to up the price. No, Amazon. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. that's good. Uh, so got a, I I got I ordered this on Tuesday and I got it today and it's very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I did have to I did have a bit of I had to go make get a get that's make a custom image to yeah. get all the stuff working on it. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's very good. Very good. What are the uh, firmware updates for it? Yeah, great. Because uh, I'll do. You know, once you get your image, you're fine. Yeah. The only bit is like there. The, there is a patch and all the stuff you got to install. But if you do a bit of googling on YouTube, you'll be able to find people who've made custom images, and then you can just install, install scripts on top of that, or write scripts or whatever, and pop them on it. So it's a bit of work, not as much as I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only downside that people are having with it is it takes four or three batteries. Yeah. Double A batteries, um, but it also has a power adapter as well. So, yeah, it is what it is. But if it feels like a Game Boy Color, that's class. Like it actually genuinely feels like it. I never had like a real Game Boy. I only had a Game Boy Color, mm. um, and a Game Boy Advance and stuff. But um, it, no, it takes you back. It feels it's like the same size as a Game Boy Color, and it's great. It's very good. Like obviously, some games don't run on it as well as you want because it's just a Raspberry Pi Zero. Yeah, so it's limited by being a Raspberry Pi Zero. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's great. I'd say if anyone wants a cool little gaming console that you can just like, I put a 128 gig card in it, expanded out the the um, the disk space, and you know, yeah, away you go. That's awesome. It's very cool. So yeah, go to retroflag.com. Or you know, look for them on eBay and uh, on um, Amazon. They're on eBay too, and uh, yeah, that would that's my plug. So check them out, guys. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. So that's gonna do it for this week. Uh, next week, Keen will be back, and we'll we will grill him for not being here, and yeah. ask him on his uh, his thoughts on Picard. I'm not gonna watch it because I'm not a filthy trekkie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Jeez, oh. um, oh. now I have the Harry Potter fans hating me and the trekkies hating me. Yeah. Man, not good, not good. Um, but yeah, Keen, Keen is so you know he 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 likes Trek. You don't like the Trek, do you? I I like Picard. Yeah, fair. Um, like I, it's like a lot of the actors from 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 that uh, from that next generation 
a show I loved. Like, to be fair, you know, I, I didn't, even though I wouldn't class myself as a Trekkie, I did actually like The Next Generation a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I tried watching the, um, the original one, but I just watched episodes of it and enjoyed them. They were mm-hmm. fun episodes, but if it was like, okay, do you want to watch another, do you want to watch another one or do you want to watch Next Generation? I'm like, I'm going to watch Next Generation, thanks. Or yeah. if I have to watch something from that from that era of television, I'm watching 1960s Batman, and there's nothing <laughs> that's going to deter me from that. Yeah, I, um, I think I think that kind of stuff, you know, like Deep Space Nine, uh, I pretty much everything that was on Sky One when we were kids, yeah. I have time for because I watched. Yeah, and I don't really mind too much. Also, you watch them before The Simpsons. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, because you're on before The Simpsons, so you're like, yeah, I'm just going to watch yeah. it. But ending after that, you know, you're kind of like, yeah, you know. Absolutely. Like I think. Um, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch um, Picard at some point because like I know like because I know I would have I'd have fun watching because like I mean Patrick I don't know I, I I've just seen some reviews that are worrying yeah eh, well if, I'll see I'll, I'll see it for myself and judge yeah no, that's at fair at least there'll be more at least there'll be more discussion about it rather than like Keen talking at us if I watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it as well, um, just for for the lulls. But yeah. um, I'm I'm also gonna watch some reviews on it as well and kind of see what the read is before I know I'm getting myself into. But yeah, we will pick that up next week. But uh, guys, thank you for listening to us here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, nerdtonomedia.com. Uh, Lisa will be back this week. I think she's doing a show. Uh, Straight out Canto. I'm not too sure. Um, but her show is coming up soon she has written the script for 2 and 3 so they will drop as soon as she sends them over to me so uh, check out Straight Out Canto when it hits the feed and um, yeah we'll be back next week here on uh, Nerdstone Media on Nerdstone Basics bye Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.